You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do Hi, this is Paul Lazarus. In the 1980s, I produced and hosted a radio series called Anything Goes, a celebration of the American musical theater. Now the Broadway Podcast Network is bringing back these shows. Today, part two of a three-part look at the career of legendary composer-lyricist Stephen Schwartz. Schwartz is best known for his amazing scores for Godspell, Pippin, Working, and Wicked. This program was originally broadcast in 1980, long before Wicked had even been conceived. When Ben Vereen was recording his first album, he called me because there was a lot of interest in the Pippin commercial. And, of course, it had no lyrics because it was a dance section. And he asked if I would think about writing some lyrics for it. So I did. And this is what came out. Can't you hear them playing the good time ladies rag? Close your eyes and picture bodies swaying, shoulders rolling, hips sashaying. Listen, mister, when they got you saying, isn't life a drag? When you're bored and lonely, the one and only good time ladies rag. Silk and perfume. Would you like to visit my room? Hang a lantern from the second story. Raise the crimson flag. There's wigs and wiggles, midnight giggles. The good time ladies
to a pre-recorded interview with Schwartz discussing his show Pippin and many of the songs from that score, including a song called Love Song, which featured Jill Clayburgh and John Rubenstein in the original cast. Why are you especially proud of Love Song? What, what about that song? There was something about my sitting down and, and starting with the emotion of a moment and letting it lead into, it's a sort of in a strange rhythm and it goes in and out of stuff and it has a particular sound that I think is very, um, I think it's, it has, it's, it's a sound that's like me, that other people don't write that way. It's one of, it was one of the first times I felt I was getting, and I didn't do it deliberately and sit down and say, I'm going to write something with my own style now, but I feel it is in my style. You can hear it in Lion Tamer. You can hear it in a, a song which, which nobody knows I agree, yet. yeah. I think uh, there's a song called Manchild Lullaby, which Janie Oliver right. um, just recorded, that has that. There's, it's a certain kind of uh, feel and whatever that, that mm. I don't know, I felt like I was breaking through somewhere other when I wrote it. I was really pleased about it and excited. It's also very simple. It's mm -hmm. a real simple lyric. Um, the freedom that I had to say la 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 instead of having to do words um, was something for me. Sitting on the floor and talking till dawn Candles and confidences Trading old beliefs and humming old songs And lowering old defenses Singing a love song La 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 Love song La 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 Private little jokes and silly pet names Lavender soap and lotions All of the cliches and all of the games And all of the strange emotions Singing a love song La 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 Define a look or a touch How can you weigh a feeling Taken by themselves Now they don't mean much Together they send you really Into a love song La 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 Love song La 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 interesting to me because Pippin was being listened to in college I mean when I was in college a lot and, and it was a really popular record and a, it was a popular record among people who didn't particularly listen to show records well I, I mean I'm delighted to hear that of course and, uh, and but I think it's a real like see there's such a 
split sort of thing that, that's happened with me. Uh, because I feel that among show people and among especially new, the, the business people in New York, I'm, very, I'm really thought of very poorly. And uh, I've never gotten good reviews. And everyone always has said rather negative things about my work in, in columns or books that are written about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's just generally a feeling that I, that I sense in New York that uh, I'm just not very good. And thus, when I get these letters from, from college kids, or I, uh, I just had an experience where work, working was just done in, in Utah, and I went out to see it because I'm seeing the first couple of productions to make sure it, it'll work under... Uh, How'd it go? I mean... <laughs> it, was, it was like your production, um, though it was not, frankly, anywhere near as good as your production. Okay. It was enormously successful, both uh, from the the one review that I saw of it, and, and they did very, very well in terms of the, the people. Yeah, they drew big crowds there. So I was, uh, I'm very pleased about that, of course. It, it indicates to me what, what I've always believed, that uh, mm-hmm. there's a big life for that show that's oh, going to just go on and on. Anyway, when I went to Utah, to be greeted by these people, by the, these kids, as if I was, I don't know who, you know, um, Leonard Bernstein or something is so strange to me and bewildering when I when I feel like uh, exactly the opposite here in uh, in in New York, which is essentially my home turf. It's a, it's a bewildering and difficult to deal with. I, I think neither um, reaction is particularly accurate, but it seems to go to extremes. I'd like to be alive. Tamer, sequins and tights and black hip boots. I know I could be a lion tamer, but I guess I'm never gonna learn. Cause when the bloom is off your dreams, you'd best return to and the chimes to the bathroom with the roaches and the breakfast with the times and yes i went to school with kids whose folks all live in 20 blocks in a high-rise rented garden or a co-op brownstone box with double You tell yourself I will be free West End Avenue You won't get me All of your life you watch the shrinks and lawyers on parade Who watch the brokers in their worsted and the admin in their suede While upstairs the soprano tries to sing the waltz from La Boheme Listen and you judge and you condemn You're not like them 
things that happened when I wrote Magic Show was I think I made a slight mistake about my conception of, of what I wanted to do with the score. I somehow felt all the music and the rhymes and everything had to be tricky like the tricks and sometimes it didn't really go well I think with uh, especially with what the show turned out to be and what the nature of our audience was and when there was some talk recently about doing a, a movie of Magic Show I thought that we should probably replace West End Avenue among some other songs we should replace, even though West End is, is a song I really like and one of them I'm proud of. It never really worked in the show um, because it's just the wrong type of song for that show. And I wrote a much st straighter, I would call it, more standard kind of ballad, which actually I think may not be as good a song as West End, but probably will work better. to be a lion tamer now that's a thing i'll never be it would have been nice a lion tamer ah but even when you're trying to stay blind there comes a point where you stop lying and you're fine you can see Don't go looking for the guilt 
you smile and give a kiss goodbye. But we had something rare, and now it isn't there, and I can't help asking why. Oh, babe, where did the magic go? Whatever happened to the bright lights and the wonder? Was it all just another show, babe? Where did the magic go? You pulled a rabbit from your hat. You turned your scarf into a dove, and I believed in you somehow. Am I as big a fool as that? That I should look to take some love when all you were taking was a bow. And if I still should feel we could have made it real, it doesn't matter now. Oh, babe, where did the magic go? Whatever happened? The shimmer and the splendor, oh babe, was it all just another show, babe? Where did the magic go? I guess the only one you ever really fooled is the fool who ought to know. Stephen Schwartz at the piano performing a song written for the potential movie version of The Magic Show, Where Did the Magic Go? Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Magic Show opened in 74. Yeah. And Pippin and Godspell were still running. That's they? right. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. So you literally had three hits running simultaneously, which has to be an achievement by anyone's standards. You know, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> what can I say? You, you really? Know, I was, I was uh, you don't think that way. Of course, you, you just work on a show until, you tr- until it's done. Until well, I sometimes it's wonder if people take pot shots at you because of that. Because, you know, everyone, that sort of quote-unquote, you've got to pay your dues. And Stephen Schwartz never paid his dues because he wrote three shows that were big hits right away. And, I, and the, that's so fallacious. It's just incredible. As if denying someone who's talented the ability to write well in the beginning. You know, I, I don't understand that attitude. And it seems to me that the subsequent things that you're experiencing now have to do with that, that success in the beginning. I don't know, really. It's, it's difficult for the... For me to talk about this yeah. because it's because I'm seeing it from inside me and it's very difficult to know what's paranoia and what's true. Right. Um, I really feel... Well, I don't think it's paranoia to read what Martin Gottfried wrote in that book, his new book, Broadway Musicals. It is obviously... It's just more and more of the same. Yeah, I, I just feel obviously people... obviously totally non-objective. I well, mean. whatever it is, I feel that there are several critics and people in New York... Uh, who don't like me for whatever reason. Maybe they just don't think I'm very good, and, and it annoys them to see, to see someone that they don't think is very talented um, having a lot of success. Th- here's an example of what I consider Broadway thinking. It was terribly important to the producers of Working to open in time for the Tony Awards. And that's why Working, despite the fact that, that I said, we're not ready, and despite the fact that the choreographer said, we're not ready, and despite the fact that everybody connected with the production said, we're not ready, that's why the producers opened it on May 14th, because that was the last day to qualify for the Tony Awards. Uh, I can't work in a place that does that. Yeah. Not when I put two years of my life into a project that I really believed in. I can't then have it short-circuited at the very last moment to open for a television show. Uh, yeah, which is totally a commercial consideration because yes. what they're telling you is that if we get the Tonys, then we can parlay that into more tickets. But you don't need the Tony Awards to not, have a hit show. Not if you've got word of mouth. Not if you have. I mean, all you need, you know, so you win them next year. If you're good enough, you win them next year. It certainly did not hurt a chorus line to open too late for the Tony Awards the year it opened. Right. If you're as good as that, and that's and, and there's a no, good musical. There's absolutely no question in my mind that working, the idea of working, regardless of what happened, was clearly the most exciting and inspiring that year. I'd always said that all I could do in terms of doing a show was to try and get something I wanted to see up on the stage. And when people stopped buying that, I would stop doing shows. And really what, what happened with working is that finally, even with all the problems and all the things I thought were wrong with the production and all the things that got left in that should have been cut and blah, 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 Despite all that, that's the closest since Godspell I've come to being involved in a project that I liked. When I went to the theater, I liked what I saw. Mm-hmm. 
working is an idea that, that, that you developed yourself. I mean, it was, right, I mean, it was your idea to do the musical. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to do it from the minute I heard about the book. Why bring in all the other writers? I mean, I know that was a conscious choice. Oh, sure. Uh, I felt that it was very important to have people talk in their own words and in their own styles. And I knew who I wanted to deal with in the show, which, which people from the book were, I thought, were important to deal with in the show. And I knew that some of those people I really couldn't write for, not without doing elaborate pastiche. There's no way that I can write for um, a 45-year-old black parking lot attendant who comes out of black blues without really doing uh, such pastiche that it's, I, I, it bothered me to do that sort of thing. Right, so you asked someone like so Mickey I Grant. So I talked to Mickey Grant. Um, Millwork, which is my favorite thing in the show, and, and probably the five, even though I didn't write the song, it's the, fi the five minutes of Millwork on the stage are the things I'm most proud of having done in my life, uh, at least in my life in the theater. Uh, no one but James Taylor could write that song, and that's a really... I, I, I couldn't write a song like that uh, with that kind of directness and simplicity and that attitude if my life depended on it. Granddad was a sailor and he blew in off the water My father was a farmer and I his only daughter Took up with a no good mill working man from Massachusetts who died from too much whiskey and leaves me these three faces to feed. Mill work ain't easy, mill work ain't hard. Mill work must often is a goddamn awful boring job. It's me and my machine for the rest of the morning, for the rest of the afternoon, and the rest of my life. Never meet the man who 
whose name is on the label. It's me and my machine for the rest of the morning, for the rest of the afternoon, gone, and the rest of my life. Robin Lamont from the original cast of Working, performing James Taylor's song, Millwork. You're listening to an interview here on Anything Goes with composer-lyricist Stephen Schwartz. What about Baker's Watch? Because we haven't really talked about that, and yet that record, there are two songs in that record that are two of my favorites of yours. Uh, These Gifts I, is just an exquisite number to me that you've written, and Metalox is another one. I, I, I like both those numbers a lot just a lot and I rea- I play them constantly and I you know and it's just something what well, what, what what about that show cuz I, I I think that's some of your best work in that show No I think I think purely from being a score that is the best thing that I've done though it's of course not a rock score by any means um, Baker's wife was like every Broadway horror story combined in one uh, it was a a show that meant to be one thing and and got completely made into another thing in terms of the production. It was cast wrong and with a, an extremely difficult person to work with, Topol, mm-hmm. who absolutely refused to do the show that was written. And then, um, because Topol was a star, and you were talking about theater party sales and big money, um, the decision was made by Mr. Merrick that the show would be rewritten to work for Topple. Well, couldn't be done. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, because I go into a show doing a certain story and I try and tell it as well as I can and, and do that. And all I know how to do is just to, tr- is, I have an idea in my head, which um, I've discussed with the people I'm working with and presumably we all have the same idea. And we try and put it on the stage. And you get as close to that as you can. Then either people like it or they don't. But I don't know how to shift in the middle and say, gee, um, people aren't coming out whistling this tune, so therefore it's the wrong tune. And uh, um, I, don't, I, I can't even really explain what happened, but that the whole experience of Baker's life was like through the looking glass to me. I felt like I was in a, a strange alien world that I absolutely didn't belong in. I didn't understand the thinking. It, I realized in Los Angeles that David Merrick did not care at all what was on the stage, as long as it was a hit. And I I don't understand that. I don't understand doing a show that way. All I understand is you all decide to do this show because you think it'll be good, and you try and put that show on, and it either works or doesn't. I don't understand thinking that all you care about is whether it's successful or not, and you don't really care what the intrinsic product is. I feel so, uh, an interesting experience I had with working, I'm saying these horribly controversial things. Good. But I thought this was really interesting. I felt that the audience at working demanded much more from the show than the critics did. In fact, exactly the, you think that the critics are going to have high intellectual standards 
and demand a certain level of achievement and that audiences just want to go to be entertained and actually the opposite has happened audiences want more and the critics just want to be entertained the anti-intellectualism of the current crop of New York critics and theater writers is a, a really surprising and extraordinary development Interesting. and I don't think you can really fight it not at these prices You've been listening to part two of a three-part look at the career of legendary composer-lyricist Stephen Schwartz. Anything Goes Backstage with Broadway's Best is produced and hosted by Paul Lazarus. For more information, visit anythinggoespl.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.